Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) That was terrible. Hi, everyone. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. I'm your host, Brad. Got with me, Scott and Eric. Let's check in with Eric. Eric, what's going on? Got anything fun, exciting? Well, uh, is the house sold? It's we are due to close in a few weeks. I'd say like two weeks we close. Yeah, two weeks from Friday. Well, by the time this airs, yes, I probably would have sold a house. <laughs> but the the latest news is I finally found a house. So oh. I got a house under contract uh, in town, ten minutes from downtown. Uh, I'm very excited. Is it the small uh, 11,000 square foot one you're talking about? <laughs> uh, no, this, I mean, this house isn't that big. It's, it's, uh, it's, I think like 2,300 square feet, but we need to finish out the basement, uh, to make it an apartment for my parents. And so we have some updates to do to it, but it's on an acre lot. And, um, I got really lucky that somebody in my office had a very good listing and a, um, so I asked him if his, his seller would, uh, take an offer before even listing it. And she agreed. So, you know, we got it under contract. She didn't so, have anybody uh, like, you know, spying inside the house, like you need body living no, in the attic. Never. It's a good thing about selling your house without, <laughs> she didn't have to show it to anybody besides us, you know, it was, uh, good. Well, this thing, there. this thing's working out a lot better and faster than you anticipated because you were yeah. pretty you were you were like oh this yeah. this may not happen last but this week, is just this has yeah. happened like this scott what's going on in like flynn uh I, i'm actually i know this is going to be a few weeks after halloween that this comes out but i'm in the middle of a conversation texting my niece who has begged me to come and help her uh, do a spook house in texas yeah, so, scare uh, the shit out of them. Make them traumatize I, them for the rest of their life. You, you, you kid. But well, that's like I like you, crying, bro. screaming, rolling down the driveway. So she's, I'm like, hey. So by the way, before we come out there, what, what are you going to be? She's like, oh, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a princess, and I'm in a in a ball gown, and I got I got my heels ready, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to come there to be scary, right? Well, yeah, but can you not be so scary, like not pass out scary? And I'm like, you're killing me. <laughs> like, he's like well can you can you move the the you know t- from maybe from 10 years old to five years old and don't scare anybody i'm like she's like well, well speak- i'm gonna go trick or trick or treating after that and, and you know with my friends and i'm like okay when you're gone there may be some people that's not gonna make it well speaking of scary shit um i've started watching that Dahmer on uh oh, yeah, that's good. uh good. have you guys been watching it i watched no, it i, I watched it, it the, the, oh. the first yeah it's good. It's really good. Okay, it's really good. It and it's all, you know, it's all true. And, and a lot of people are like, they shouldn't show that. And I'm like, yes, they absolutely freaking should because people got to know what you're, you know, what people do alone in a bar. Yeah. I mean, um, I remember kind of that, but you know, yeah. none of the, none of the, these details and all the stuff. Oh, you know, it, it was such a scandal, but, um, anyway, yeah. Mel, Melanie, have you been watching? 
Dahmer at all? I haven't watched it. My husband has, but I'm originally from Wisconsin, about a half oh. an hour outside of Milwaukee. So I remember all of the news vividly. <laughs> he oh, worked at Ambrosia wow. Chocolate Factory, which was even creepier because I know that chocolate factory. Ooh. I had a friend whose oh, dad wow. used to ride the bus with him to work. Get oh, out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> The running joke at the time was that Milwaukee was a city where you couldn't drink the water because we had a cryptosporidium outbreak, but you could eat the people because of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Good one. Yeah. Well, let's 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 bring our guest on since I uh, uh, prematurely did. But um, welcome to the podcast, Melanie Howell Brooks. Thanks for being with us. You're welcome. Hey, um, <laughs> we have we have a, uh, a another carnival. Oh, oh yeah, oh, the, your the carnival? fun ship. Oh yeah, carnival. Okay. Yep. Yeah, That's... carnival, carnival. Um, <laughs> and you were a musician, right? A I, I show band musician. Yep. Yeah. Well, you still are a musician, but you were a musician, a musician on the ship as well. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about how it uh, started for you. How'd you get started working on ships? When I was fifteen, my parents took me on vacation on a cruise. Actually, it was with Royal Caribbean, but that's not that's really neither here nor there. And, do you remember? Uh, do you remember what ship it was? The Nordic Prince. Oh, oh wow! It was eight or nine decks. None of us were on the Nordic Prince, yeah, were we? No, no, no. no. it was no. so we, tiny. But you're so, in you're in the same time frame that we were in. I mean, that's got to yeah. be the uh, early mid nineties. Mid nine, yeah. When I was fifteen, that would have been mid nineties. Yeah, because I yeah. first started working in ninety eight. Probably ninety ninety one ninety four. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right in our wheel. That's right yeah. in our wheelhouse. That's yeah. when we were all on board. Yeah. My yeah, my parents took me on vacation because my stepmother really liked. She used to. She actually used to cruise in in, in the eighties on Carnival, like on the Mardi Gras, the original one. You know, so way back then. So they took me, and um, I was a classical flute player in high school. I got to see that there was a lot of musicians on board, and I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. Uh, I think one, so I, I went on that and I was like, this, this looks, this is really a, a neat idea. Um, incidentally, uh, the ship was so small and we had some rough seas that I think it was like the second night I, uh, I threw up on the wine steward during dinner <laughs> <laughs> and the poor guy was so nice to me after I just, I felt so terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that was not the first or the last time he'd been yeah. thrown up on. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Everybody gets thrown up on, on carnival, I think. Is that uh, right? Yeah. Well, that's, you know, for other reasons, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah slightly different reasons. If I fast forward to college and at some point point in time, I'm studying music at a conservatory in Wisconsin. And I had this really crazy idea because at the time they were doing auditions for like Disney, uh, Cedar Point and like all the theme parks. Mm -hmm. So I tried to get in on, on, on those and I'm like, I'm not getting anywhere with this. And then I had this crazy idea to figure out how to reach out to cruise ships because I thought like they need musicians on cruise ships. I wonder if I could do something like that. So I can't even remember how I got the contact information for a number of ships. I, I contacted Carnival. I think I wrote to Norwegian and Royal. I mean, this is back when the internet was pretty brand new to most users. So like all the information wasn't really out there. So in 1998, I managed to score, to get the contractor on, on the phone. And we, we, we talked about, I, I sent them a VHS tape of me playing. What's that? A Charlie Tar like, yeah, a Charlie <laughs> Parker tune or something on my Barry sax. Cause I, I'm a baritone saxophone player, although I'm a woodwind specialist when I play professionally hair pieces. Just real quick here. Are you back in Wisconsin? 
No, I'm I'm based uh just south of Boston, so I play. Oh, okay, play. Well, that's right. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, now I am software engineer by day and and itinerant musician by night. I sent the VHS tape. I was like, "There's no way in heck this is gonna go through," because <laughs> I just been like rejected from a bunch of other things that I try to audition for. And then I got a phone call, having to call the one eight hundred number off the payphone. Like it was like you know before you could even really do long distance calling. And this is how, how long ago this was. <laughs> Then I got my first, it was a three-month contract. It was basically my entire summer working out of the port of LA. Uh, I worked on the Elation. That was my first ship. I originally was supposed to do the Alaska cruise, but they didn't have a spot for me because I was a female musician and they at the time there you know there's there's still not a lot of us now i was there, about there, to mention that there when you we go sailed, there were no female musicians on any ship that i worked on in i, the I don't know no because yeah. of the birthing because yeah, of the, the birthing, birthing problem see yeah. this is where we were eric and i were pursers so this is our brain right now oh, oh where are you gonna put them where are we gonna put them yeah. where are oh. we gonna put them yeah yeah so yeah, you because we're trying to because we're trying to move people in and move people out, and we're 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 trying to fit people in. That's our brain. God, like and I'm entertainment. I'm entertainment backstage, <laughs> so I'm like, she can stay with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, so we um we don't have a spot for you, but we have this one that goes out of the port of LA down to Mexico, and I'm like, I'll take it. It turned out to be a really great experience. The three-month contract that I did, the very first one, was probably with one of the best musical directors on the fleet. I was terrified because I was 22. I was mostly classical coming through high school and into early college and then got more into jazz and show band kind of stuff as I got deeper into the music programs. But I was still really green. I had been told by the contractor that this particular music director was, he, he knew what he wanted. And if he didn't like you, he'd fire you, you know, after the first week. <laughs> uh, so I was petrified. I told my dad, I said, oh man, I'm going to get fired. <laughs> and he's like, no, you'll be fine. You Go have fun. I did. I had a great time. I learned a ton. Um, I still keep in contact with a couple of those guys uh, from, from that particular band. Two of the guys are doing really well out in Vegas. One of them tours with Celine Dion and Diana Ross and like all sorts of people. It's just, it's been very fun to watch everybody. Send like, them our grow. way. Yeah. Yo, I, mm -hmm, I, my friend probably has lots of stories. <laughs> I assume then you had a female roommate One. and she was a musician as well or somewhere else in entertainment. Let's see the first ship. Cause I worked four ships in total throughout summers and over the, the Christmas vacation. One time I was with the cellist from the, the classical trio Another was with uh, two, two ships I was actually on with my friend who is a trombone player. Um, we ended up being really good friends and working two ships together, which was great. I might have had a room by myself for a while. I might have I might have just ended up with like the college single without, you know, in the double. Oh, wow. That would have been great. <laughs> I'm struggling to remember that. Yeah, it's <laughs> okay. We can't remember I, shit. I can't either because that first, <laughs> the first week, the first week I went out there, I drank every single night in the crew bar. And then I was like, holy crap, it's been 10 days. I haven't seen the sun in about seven. I should probably see the sun and maybe give myself a, like, like a small vacation from drinking. <laughs> it was really wild. The, your first ship, you were doing three and four day out of uh, San Pedro? This was a seven oh, day. This was on Riviera. the Elation. Oh, the Mexican oh okay. Mexican Riviera. All the way down okay. to Cabo. Port Cazo, of LA. Mazatlan. Mazatlan. Cosmo, oh, no, sorry, um, not Cosmo. It's the other side. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, part of a PB. Port yeah, Puerto Vallarta. Mazatlan and Cabo. And we were like only in Cabo until 11 o'clock in the morning. So usually I slept all the way through that stop, except one time 
uh, me, the drummer and the guitar player stayed up all night, went to Cabo <laughs> early. I think they get in at like six in the morning. So like we went over and we went down to Cabo Wabo. Like oh, some yeah. of it was kind of open. You could walk around, but it wasn't open because it was so damn early. I think by the time we got there, it was like eight or nine. And then we're like, all right, well, we have to get back on, on the ship at 11. And then I went, <laughs> went back to bed. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. So they were only there five hours, like from 6 a.m. to 11? It was super short. Yeah, it was some... It's like, uh, okay, one tour and let's go. Uh, until I wonder like how I many people to... missed the ship for the for the time change there. It it happened um, probably the most out of the uh, all the runs that I've done. <laughs> not not counting my some of my musician friends that I know who, who would do the um, skip, not make it to the ship and like do the run by land to the next port. <laughs> Which I always thought was like insane. Did they do that? Do you know people who did that? I did. How wow. far is that? Uh, so I think they would do. It had to TV be to PV, Mazatlan. Yeah, it was TV like to Mazatlan like are on the mainland, and Cabo is at the tip of of yeah. uh, Baja California. So yeah, yeah, those two would be the. It was between PV and, and Mazatlan, I, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. But that's got to be like hours, like a few few good hours, right? Driving, yeah. If yeah. you're driving, that's got to be a few hours. I don't I mean, what do you what do you do? Rent a, like you know, go to Carlos's. And rent I, a, I think rent they'd a rent a car. Yeah, it. but it's not unattainable. Right. I mean, well, right, no, right. I'm just I'm just saying, like, you rent a car in Cabo and you you drive it to Puerto Vallarta and you you're like, all right, see ya. Like, what do they do with the car? Okay, I'm I'm Google mapping it to see how far it is <laughs> from Mazatlan to. I mean, it's got to be three or four hours at least, but. I'm yeah, just that's saying what I'm, that's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing three to four hours. Yeah. Six and a half. Holy shit. Yeah. Drive driving six and a half. That's too far. That's too far. And that's a, that's a risk. Like you're driving it, yeah. through Mexico. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the whole thing that got me. I'm like, you guys drive. Through, I wouldn't, I just, I'm, I've known too many people. Oh, who but got, you know what? If you did like, actually Mazatlan to Cabo, at least on this, it doesn't seem very far if you took a ferry over or something like that. Uh, I'd have to I'd have to ask. Anyway, anyway, let's go on. Let's go on. Like, sorry. Sorry. No, we get okay, you, we, we get off on these town. We, yeah, we do this all the time. We just ask and go sideways a lot. I rediscovered my love for tequila on that uh Ooh. on that run. I actually didn't know what real tequila was until I did that run. And I, I refused for a long time. When I was on the ship, I'm like, I am not drinking that stuff. I spent too much time drinking Montezuma in undergrad. They're like, No, 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 you don't understand. Here's how it's supposed to be. And I was like, Okay. So like the first time was like, here's a tequila popper. So we'll mix it with seven up and then i'm like oh, you know later in the later in the run we're just just like solid tequila shots. slammers with the grapefruit soda like that's that Ooh, i am the opposite oh, i am good. the opposite of what happened to you because there was a couple of maybe two or three experiences and i was i couldn't even smell tequila for 15 I, years i still have it august 1991 <laughs> a bad bad case of tequila in mexico and that's oh. it never again the cruise director actually had us out he had a friend in Puerto Vallarta who ran one of the restaurants on the water, and we would go there every every time we went to PV. We go hang out with these guys and uh, and drink at the bar. You know yeah, the I, best best sushi I've ever had, other than in Japan, um, is in Puerto Vallarta. Weirdly oh, nice. enough, that's good to know. Some of the best Indian food I ever had was in Saint Martin. <laughs> Saint Martin, yeah, hey, oh, yeah, yeah. You're right up Scott's alley. Scott it might Scott, might have been might have been the same place. <laughs> I can't guys, remember the you name guys of compare it. Notes. But it probably was. It was like a little trek up, and it was like a hole in the wall. But um, run by like two people. 
Yeah, it was small. It's tiny. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I so I did the 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 elation the the uh, then I did uh, the next year I did the fascination out of San Juan. Is that your first one, the elation? Elation was the first one. And that was you said eighty. Uh, ninety eight. Ninety eight. Ninety eight. Yeah. Elation. So how big was elation? Was it three thousand passengers on that one? It was actually fairly big. It was one of the bigger ships at the time, and it was almost brand new. It was like built in ninety five, ninety six. So it was okay. It was pretty new. A, a couple of the guys in the band actually did the the crossing. Oh. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Which was cool to hear like those stories. Then then it was the fascination, which was weird because they had the creepy mannequins on the promenade. I don't know if you've ever heard about these. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. So on the promenade, they had these creepy mannequins of famous people oh. all distributed throughout the promenade. And it was like, like a just, Madame Tussauds at sea. It's almost like a wax museum, but they weren't made out of wax. They were just yeah, mannequins yeah. <laughs> like just staring at you. It was really creepy. Oh, that's <laughs> that sounds creepy. Yeah. It was Especially very if weird. you had a few to drink and it's the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> start getting handsy with a man. It, it sounds like a good uh, Halloween oh. setup for you, uh, uh, Scott. What? Do a creepy, creepy Halloween setup on the ship with the <laughs> with the mannequins. Yeah, well, only if we had mannequins. And then I did three weeks over over the the ninety nine to two thousand changeover um, on the Paradise, and then I was on the Triumph for six months. Uh, in between undergrad and graduate school. Now, did um, you guys have, while you were on there, because you were a, a show musician, did you guys have a celebrity or a, a, like a type of program where you'd play for like the platters or something? Entertainers. That would come on there, entertainers? Like we had fly on acts. Um, right. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I seem to remember like, the platters like the some of the surviving members of the platters even did carnival <laughs> i think they did everything yeah charlie uh what's his name there's a guy that did the fiddle he always did the devil charlie daniels i think it was charlie daniels yeah, yeah. Charlie daniels. Charlie daniels. really that was, fun. Yeah. That was charlie fun. daniels that's i think cool. so ship? I, re- I, I if i remember correctly that's who it was because he always Devils did devil went down to georgia interestingly enough that one of the strangest flying acts was a was a magical duo and um that was when i was in the triumph and i lived across the hallway from an eight foot burmese python named lumpy oh no and we'd take lumpy out because no. lumpy lived on on the ship full time but the mu- magicians would come for like half the week and one time the dancers had lumpy out and was like slithering down the hallway Fuck that. uh, (laughs) Hanging out with a snake. I was was cool with that. Growing up, I thought I was going to go to veterinary school. (laughs) I want to hear the story of Frumpy getting lost. Lumpy. I don't think Lumpy Lumpy ever got lost, but I did. I did walk in watching Lumpy eat a giant rat, which was a little disturbing. (laughs) But he he ate, she, she, I think it was a she, she ate giant rats. And where did she get the rats? Um, the magicians would draw them in, bring, bring them in somehow. I don't know. <laughs> and when he wasn't on, when the magicians weren't on board, who took care of him? The snake just hung out in the room. Apparently. I don't know. Uh, yeah, they, I, I they probably had like a light on a timer, like wherever I never saw into the room. So I don't know like what her <laughs> enclosure was like, but they don't need to eat very much. And, you know, he's got water and things and I would Instead love to snakes on a plane. It's like snakes on a ship. I would love to, uh, the, to all these motherfucking snakes <laughs> on this motherfucking ship. ship. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear about like some, uh, 
one of the pursers that didn't let the uh, the, the room stewardess know that they're staking <laughs> open it up one day to clean the cabin. The hell is that? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So uh, Melanie, let's get let's hear a ship story. My I name should... is Melanie Howell Brooks, and I have a ship story. So the Millennium Changeover was this huge event, right? Y2K. Everybody right. thought the world was going to end because their computers weren't updated. And uh, going on vacation at that time was incredibly expensive, right? So all the prices oh, yeah. for everything got jacked up way high. And I was everybody like... Everybody traveled out. It was like a huge, huge thing. And here I was. This would have been my junior or senior year. I, I, I took like an extra year to get out of school because I had transferred, you know, going to conservatory, spending a lot of money on that. And I'm like, I have no money. I can't go anywhere on vacation. I wonder if they need subs over Christmas. So I called the musical yeah. director or the um the contractor and was like, hey, you guys don't need subs over the Christmas break, do you? And he's like, as a matter of fact, I have two spots open for Barry players that I need to fill. And I was like, yes. The one that I ended up on was the Paradise. And at the time, the Paradise was famous because it was the very first non-smoking ship. It had a big, on the side of the ship, it had a big no smoking sign on it. It was kind of mm -hmm. garish. Um, as someone who doesn't smoke, I actually was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> Not to yeah, smell smoke. Yeah. Um, no, no, you know, no, no offense to to those who to, who do. to Brad. Why <laughs> to Brad is a he smokes a cigarette. <laughs> why you say this? Don't worry. I used to I used to yell at people in the back office in the purser's office to stop smoking because it was back in the day where people thought that oh, if I smoke at the back part of the room, the people in the front part of the same room won't notice or care they blow like it up into the vents and stuff, and stuff. i'm like right and i'd be like that. no go smoke there's plenty of room outside if you're gonna smoke smoke outside so uh so yeah so this was a, a non-smoking ship what i got hired for was the week before christmas the week of christmas and then the magical millennium changeover cr cruise that particular cruise you know people paid again a bunch of money uh, they got like all the swag. I got this really cool. I still have it. I have my, my, my year 2000 millennium pin and it's like, you know, carnival branded with like two little like sparkly zirconia, like kind of little blingy things in, in the pin. <laughs> it was, it was kind of cool. That's it was too like, cool. You know, I'd never been, I've only worked ships in the summer up until then. So I didn't know like what the Christmas programming was. It was so weird. The costumes were like, I look back at my photos and I'm really glad I took a lot of pictures. <laughs> Working for any amount of time on a cruise ship, as soon as you play like the first week or two, you wake up every morning or afternoon with show music running through your head and it is inescapable Look, the music lady tonight. <laughs> yes exactly and i played that so many times oh that was ooh that sparked that sparked a bunch of memories from ships <laughs> going back to this ship story so that i don't go to a different story yeah. so we did christmas um and and that was actually the most hours i ever had to work by the most hours i ever had to work it was um i think christmas was the most and it was like 16 to 18 hours that week so uh-huh so here's what? here's a Talk funny about secret the life of musician oh man when i worked in the fascination i had two days off i i think i worked 12 13 hours a week if i counted up now, let I me ask you a question when you're when you're saying that that you worked all of that time when did they implement like time cards or your actual the whole time i was on the ship you just did whatever needed to be done and and that was it but there was no 
clock in or clock out. Oh, we never nobody, clocked in. Well, no, I don't mean is... clock in, but like, you know, we're okay. You've worked too long. You can't work anymore today. Or, right. But people now, yeah, now people do clock in. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. Because oh. what happened is, and I I was, you know, had to help out in one of these investigations, but uh, there are, you know, it, there are rules, international rules about how many hours you can work in a day. And what happened is that, you know, a lot of the cruise lines were not maintaining these. They worked the crew more than they yeah. were allowed to. Some crew members complained and there used to be, and there probably still are, attorneys that sit outside the pier and all the major ports asking crew members questions about what's going on so they can sue the cruise lines. Oh my God. I had no idea. Yeah. Happens. Oh, that that makes sense. And, and I, and I really counted the hours out of curiosity every time I worked a ship. So let's see. So my favorite person in the world was a trombone player um, and we were roommates on the ship. And so um, she, she and I roomed on, on, on this one as well. I'm hoping to see if I remember the timeline correctly, but very early in the cruise, like the very next day, I want to say, it's a diesel Azipod ship. And I learned very quickly that these diesel Azipod type ships had engine issues. They were kind of notorious for having engine problems. So we lost one of the engines. The first port of call was supposed to be St. Thomas. The first problem with losing an engine is that you have to get it fixed. The second problem is we couldn't go to St. Thomas. We had to go to Nassau. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not a good trade. That's, that's a that's a this, free cruise to somebody. And this is where things get really weird. And this is a Christmas cruise, right? Uh, the, this millennium is the Millennium cruise. The Millennium Cruise. The okay. big one. Yeah. Whoa. The, okay. Like, so you've got worst. all of these real I mean, Christmas is all of the demanding. The, the terrible people that the families send them away on a cruise <laughs> so that they don't have to deal with them for Christmas. And now you're and missing a major Now port. it's not only that, but it's doubled down on it's a millennium cruise as well. <laughs> this is the biggest cruise yeah. event up to that history, right? Yeah. Huge. Yeah. It's Absolutely. like the worst time to have engine problems. So then we found out we're being rerouted to NASA. Something that a lot of people who take cruises don't realize or forget or miss or don't read is that in your contract that you sign explicitly states in the contract, the captain can choose to reroute at any given time. So if you have a wedding planned in St. Thomas, you do Uh take a little bit of a risk. Not a huge risk because normally things work out fine. There were a number of people with weddings planned for St. Thomas. Um, Oh, man. Oh, no. So the announcement... Um, I don't know how they broke the news to the passengers. I just know what the fallout was. All hell broke loose, honestly. I would say a good third of the passengers lost their minds. Seems seems about right. Yeah. yeah, it was so bad. We were so afraid of dealing with these really angry passengers because we'd been hearing stories. None of us went above our decks for I think three days for the most part. <laughs> if you so we avoided any of the passenger areas. Now here's riot. why <laughs> they literally rioted. They they really did. They, the, some of the passengers just okay. So Monday they broke the news. Oh my goodness, we're getting these reports and passengers were mistreating wait staff. They were mistreating pursers. They were mistreating anybody that had a name tag. Mistreating pursers is nothing new. <laughs> yeah, but this yeah. is this is the type of event you get beat up pretty. pretty oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I do remember um, early on I did I was up 
um, in passenger areas. And I, and I was fielding these really weird questions, like passengers asking me, like, it says musician on my name tag. And they're asking me stuff about like, you know, what's going to happen, like, but refunds and all this other stuff. I'm like, I, I don't know musician. I, I just, I don't deal with that kind of stuff. I hope you guys can, you know, figure it out whatever. And that was my, that was my first, oh man, I'm going to go back to below deck because I don't think I really want to deal with this. So Tuesday was Captain's Cocktails and we had, we do a dance set before Captain's Cocktails, which is uh, at the time entailed a 10 piece, you know, there's a dress code. They're supposed to dress nice. They're supposed to, because it's a formal night. There's a contingent of passengers in the back. We do another introduction of the captain. And I remember they, they open the curtains again and I see a bunch of passengers not dressed up um, in the back and they booed us. <laughs> they booed oh. the musicians. <laughs> and I was like, what in the hell is going on? It must have been like, it was like 24, 23, 24. I, I just have never experienced that before. <laughs> so that happened. And then we get to Nassau. They, they, they reached an agreement and they said, okay, um, you can get a refund. I think it was a full or I can't remember if it was a full or a partial refund. Maybe it was a full refund. If you fly home in from Nassau, people were protesting. They had made signs. Flash forward really quick. When I got off the ship and I came home, I saw when we were, I saw on the national news, our ship with the passengers holding their like protest <laughs> signs in Nassau. And I was like, that's my ship. <laughs> I just came from that madness. Really now, awful. story. before the millennium date? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was before because the changeover happened like Friday, Thursday or Friday. It was like later, later in the week. That sucks. And, for, I mean, I know that really sucks, but I would hate, you know, all those passengers that were like, fuck this and, and went home, you know, they went home and they didn't have any plans. And like, you know, they were, they already made plans to get married or do whatever. And you think they're like, well, maybe we should have stayed because we could have had some fun. But You could have made the well, best you make it, you make it, but... right. You make a good point, Scott and Melanie. It's a perfect opportunity to, you know, wing it. Go go off your plans and and do something do something fun. Because yeah, yeah. in hurricane and crazy season, and different. Every ship will will go the opposite way of a hurricane. You know, hey, we got a new island. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're going to St. Kitts. I've never been there, but you know. Yeah. But, yeah. They, I don't know. The captain uh, can legally marry people, so I don't know. Maybe ask the captain to marry you guys on the ship. Just, I, I don't know. It was it was. Yeah. Yeah. Two thirds of the ship who stayed and the entire crew breathed a very heavy sigh of relief. And we started talking to the passengers who were who remained. And, you know, they were like survivors of watching other people abuse humans. Well, and, and a lot of them apologized. Let's forward fast to like the night of the millennium, like the parties and everybody. <sighs> oh, and the yeah. Countdown and well, what was that like being on a cruise uh, ship? Yeah, so we were supposed to work the back lounge and we were going to play jazz. We're just like doing jazz stuff and we were just supposed to play quite a bit, do a bunch of jazz sets, which was lots of fun. So there was a five hour open bar on the paradise for the millennium changeover. And oh. by open bar, it was like all the pre-made, you know, like um, for captain's cocktails, they, oh, yeah. they, they would do the pre-made and, drinks and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Which weren't great. Yeah, but they, were, they were boozy. <laughs> they got well, you when there. You're walking they by got you there. Sets, you're like, yeah, yeah. I'll take another one. Take well, that's why oh, you order gets, wine instead. It gets better. Beer. So I remember uh, getting my horn and we were told, um, all right, guys, um, uh, it's a five-hour open bar. You can drink from the bar. Just, again, not if it's like mobbed with passengers. <laughs> so we go to the back lounge. 
and it's empty and we're just getting back there to set up and there is a wall of drinks on the bar already <laughs> and we're like oh my god and it was our tenor player our tenor player's birthday was that night and she had a magnum of champagne we all know how much musicians drink musicians in a room full of alcohol you can imagine how that was a very bad thing so we took uh there was like a stack of bar trays i took a bar tray and i had a ring of drinks and I was like, mm, I'm good for the night. Yeah. Put it next to my music stand. And we just started, like, just started drinking. They were very, very good to us. Uh, I forgot. I think maybe the cruise director uh, came down and he said, all right, it's 1130. You guys can take a break. Come back after the ball drops. Right. So we had like a half, essentially like a half an hour plus a little bit um, of a break um, to go up on deck and like witness the party by that time i was hammered <laughs> i remember i remember seeing a few friends taking a few pictures seeing the like the year 2000 glasses that everybody was wearing being up on the deck and they did the countdown and then you saw the change and they lit fireworks which was super cool Oh, yeah. um, it was the only time that I'd seen fireworks on a ship. By that time, we'd grabbed some more drinks, I think. And then we headed back to the back room and we were supposed to play like an extra another hour or something. We ended up playing an extra two and a half hours. We just kept playing. We did not stop. We Everybody was so drunk and everybody was having such a you're good so time. Hammered, you're like, let's, let's just keep playing. There was <laughs> at some point at like 1.30 in the morning, I was behind the drum set. Percussion <laughs> techniques makes everybody think that they're a drummer. The cruise director um or was a trumpet player actually he he played in the show bands if i remember this correctly he played in the show bands before he switched and and actually just rose up through the ranks to be a cruise director so he brought his trumpet back and he sat in with us you know we all we all made it <laughs> uh, i woke up immensely hungover at some point in the <laughs> afternoon like enjoyed the rest of the weekend and and then got off the ship and it was time to uh, to go home and you know go back to school <laughs> So did the ship go anywhere but Nassau? Um, it did. So after things, it was an overnight in Nassau where they well, fixed everything. Be, oh, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we really. I don't. I think I went to the beach. There, there wasn't. I can't remember what else I did. Um, but then we ended up doing the rest of the the ports after that. So we only skipped St. Thomas and Tortola, and then we we hit the rest of them. We got to oh. start wrapping it up. Is there anything else that you want to get in? Any other stories that you want to get I have a really quick story. Quickly? Really yeah. quick story. Okay, do, this do one's one quick. of my favorites. I was on the Triumph. It was a six-month cruise. Tom Joyner, who was a, a radio personality out of California, um, like a soul, a soul music um, per, a radio personality, had booked a charter cruise. And he chartered the ship for a week. And we did a reverse Eastern Caribbean. So so we ended up uh, doing Jamaica, like out of order. We did like the whole, I, I forget which which it was. But the most important thing is that we went to Jamaica. The second most important thing is they had told us as musicians, hey, you can get off in Miami for a week and we won't pay you. Or you can stay on the ship. We will pay you. And you don't have to do shit. I'm staying. Yeah. <laughs> this Great is money. amazing. So yeah. here, here are the musical acts that I saw. El Jarreau. George Ooh. Duke, The Meters, Isaac Hayes. I watched Isaac wow. Hayes sing Chocolate Salty Balls live. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Boys to Men uh, wow. was on as well. Um, all these very famous, you know, like uh, Black Axe. I met El Jarreau. 
I got to hang out a little with George Duke. It was incredible. The really fun thing every in night. Al, go in to the... Al Jarreau, the Jenny Wong Top Garden. Yeah, he had a bunch of things uh, that he did. Yeah. Was so it Broadway? No idea what you were singing. No. Yeah. Dan- dance, dance on top of the garden or something. Does Jenny yeah. want to dance on top of the garden? Right. Keep going. I'm going to cut that out. I'm gonna... <laughs> so, <laughs> please, no, to please, let's in. cut all that, that out. In, so everybody else can. <laughs> 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 so uh so the protocol was you meet in the crew bar at 7 30 every night you do some pre-gaming and then you sneak a drink up onto uh onto the top deck uh you know into the the main show lounge to watch whatever was the main show for the night and then you go to the the passenger disco and you keep drinking and that's when we had the russian ballet dancers on with us and i learned how to drink vodka and eat pickles and <laughs> um oh my Whoa. god it was insane the really fun thing is we had enough time to go to saint mary's in jamaica which was where uh, bob marley's like compound was mm-hmm. and we did a tour um, so not only did we did a tour, I smoked a joint on the grounds and it was amazing. <laughs> yes, was I have, I have done that. Yeah. You go to Bob Marley's house and the first thing they do is they bring you into this little room and they give you a red stripe and a joint. Yeah. That's essentially it, yeah. And then they take you on a tour, and you're just fucking high as shit. And they're giving you this tour, and this Rastafarian is telling you all this Bob Marley stuff, and you're just like, and you remember when Bob did this? And we're like, no. Squad <laughs> one, Bob Marley said, right here. He sit on this rock right here. Yep, that is... That is exactly that. Hey, was the- Melanie, let me let me yeah. ask you. So, so I had a friend on the crew. He was in the orchestra in the in the band, and it was a I don't know if it was a flute or a trumpet or a trombone, or whatever. But he used to do this trick, and he was like, "Yeah, we all all the musicians do this." Have you ever drank or had somebody pour alcohol into your instrument and drink it? You can only do that with brass instruments. I've never done it because because okay. when you have a saxophone, you've got these leather pads that are in your keys and you can't get any of that wet. Oh, okay. Do you feel like your time on ships changed you? Do you think it was influential, you know, for the rest of your life or was this a, just another gig for you? No, I really think it was really impactful, both professionally, because I really learned how to be a section player, especially on that first ship. Professionally, it was great. Um, I, you know, I got the advice early on as um, my, the, my first musical director did tell me, he said, this is a job, not a career. Don't be a lifer. Because I'd seen what happened to some yeah. people that were lifers. I have a friend who's still out there. She's been doing ships for like 15 years and she loves it. But I saw the downfall of a trumpet player go just like flip out on the bandstand after 10 years and just like leave. It was it was really influential and I, I very much enjoyed it. And I loved hanging out with like, you know, like the casino dealers from Australia bitching about American tourists. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. I think we all bitched about American tourists, even Americans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Complain yeah. about American tourists. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. We're going to wrap it up here. We appreciate you coming on, telling your ship story. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it was a pleasure meeting you. Hey, we want more carnival. You're only like the third or fourth one we've had. It was nice to meet you guys too. Thank you. Thank you. you. Well, that was fun with uh, Melanie. She uh, She had some pretty good stories.
So do you guys remember where you were at uh, at the Millennium? Yeah, I was uh, a block and a half away from Times Square in the, under the ball. Really? I have no clue. You do not I know have... where you were at the Millennium. I have no <laughs> I have no idea. Hey everyone, the ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast and video, please visit our YouTube channel, my ship story you can also find us on facebook and instagram as my ship story don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you like you can email us your story for us to read on the air email us at my ship story podcast at yahoo.com that's my ship story podcast at yahoo.com goodbye for now and be sure to tune in next week same time as we'll have a new podcast every monday bon voyage